Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Christianta. Over there across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, as we are back on Springfield College, uh, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing well. We are back on Springfield College, like you said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the last time we were in the studio, what we talked about at all. It's been a while, because, what, I I had COVID, um, and then we had finals. Did we did we do a show after I came back from COVID? I'm trying to remember. I think we I think we, we might did. Have. We might have. Because uh, I've been I've scrolled the YouTube channel and we had we had an on- audio only episode uh, after uh, after the one where I zoomed in from my room. Okay, fair enough. But but yeah, we only had one, and yet, well, you know, we're still locked out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but. Uh, we get we're getting reports coming in right now, saying this is from Jeff Passan, uh, friend of the program, saying uh, the the meeting between Major League Baseball Players Association and MLB is over. They lasted two hours, by the way. They met for two hours today. Wow. Yeah. Um, there is not a deal. Reasonable enough. Uh, union made a board proposal that Im- included removing pieces of its past offers. I know uh, one of the offers was reducing time until free agency. Um, I, I know the league isn't going to want that, but players yeah. are going for it. And uh, you know what? It's progress. And also, they're going to meet tomorrow, too. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So you got a two-hour meeting today. How sad is it that we're that excited for, hey, they they met today and they're <laughs> meeting tomorrow. Yeah. How sad <laughs> is it that we're excited for that? It is It is pretty sad. <laughs> it is pretty sad that you mentioned that um, when you when you put it like that. Yeah. Um. But uh, I guess, I guess it is progress. It, yeah, I mean you can't <laughs> say it isn't. Yes, yeah, you cannot deny that. Uh, no matter, you know how bad it was at the beginning, there is there's progress being made. Um, you know, even though our, you know, I guess our expectations are still a little low there. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's a good sign. I mean, there's not too much to analyze there because you know you don't know what they're exactly they're talking about yeah no um but you know i guess the best analysis is it was two hours this time instead of you know seven minutes seven minutes yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely um so yeah they're uh progressing pitchers and catchers you know would be projected to report in like three weeks um obviously that won't be able to happen if the league is locked out um so yeah i mean we imagine this Lockout might end in like March or something like that. I think spring training gets delayed, but no, none of the actual games do. Yeah, it like I could see maybe worst case scenario, uh, they have to do like they they have to have spring training extended a little bit into the real season, and they play maybe a hundred fifty games or something like that. Yeah, um, it'd be funny if. It'd be funny if they did the 1995 thing where it's 144. Yeah. And then, uh, and then someone goes 144. <laughs> yeah, 144. Or can you imagine? I wish. I mean, I'm sure like we can figure out what they're on pace to do, but I really would love to have known what that 95 Indians team could have done in 162 games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. If they went, they had 18 games. So even if they went. 10 and 8 or if they went 500 that's a 109 win team yeah if they won yeah i mean if they won if they went 12 and 12 and 6 yeah that's a 112 win team Mm -hmm. all to all All to to lose lose the world series yeah to lose to the braves and uh greg maddox who went 19 and 2 that year Mm. tom glavin who won world series mvp yep David Justice, who had the who home had the run. home run in Game Six, a one nothing game after he told the fans to actually be loud this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, what a what a crazy move, but it worked. Uh, <laughs> Especially the day that they clinched it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you guys are one win away from the World Series. How do you feel, David? You know, I wish these fans would care. <laughs> and a bunch of fans brought, like, signs of the game, like being angry at J- David Justice, too. And then he, he hit a home run to make it a one nothing game, and it was a one nothing final score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only offensive contribution. Which, yeah, you know what? Hey, res- you got to respect David Justice for that. <laughs> he, yeah. He put his money where his mouth is. Definitely on that home run call, I remember there being a reference to him. Yeah. Telling the fans to be louder and how he's redeemed himself already. That's pr- That was pretty sick. Yeah, dude, um, it was a one nothing final score. He, hit, he homered in the sixth inning. The, the Indians had one hit that game. Wow. It was, it was Tony Pena. Yeah, if there's anything the 1995 season taught us is if you subtract 18 games, it great can, things happen. It can still be a pretty sick, sick season. It was. Know? It was one of the best seasons in history, honestly. Yeah, you can say you can have a great, you know, Hollywood type season mm-hmm. to save baseball in your city. You can go 19 and two. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what else. I, I forget. I forget all the other stats. But he had like a two sixty something ERA plus as yeah, well. Yeah, dude, what a great season! And it was like the first year of offensive revival because it was right yeah. after the strike. And there were stero- Yeah, you can. There were steroids. Can, maybe we bring steroids back in twenty twenty two. Maybe that. Maybe that'll help that's how, that's revive how we do baseball. It. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the so, you know, things are progressing. It's still not great. Um. You know, it would be kind of sad if they, you know, end the lockout a little quicker and the players don't make too much progress on what they wanted. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, ultimately what you want is, you know, some of this free agency stuff to get sorted out, some of this blackout stuff to get sorted out, even though I don't know. I don't think the blackouts are necessarily a part it, of, I yeah. don't know who's in control of that. I think yeah. that's, like, MLB's, like, partnership with whatever cable. Yeah, Like, yeah. I'm assuming it's a contract with, I don't think that's a PA thing. Yeah, it, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the players have much control over that. But no. if if they did, that would be something to bring to the table. But I don't think they do. Um, I saw a tweet recently where, uh, like, some, like, website surveyed, like, what baseball fans want to come out of the uh, of the lockout. And it was, like, pick five of these options. And, like, the number one option was, like, treat minor leaguers better. And it was, like, 80% of people voted for that. There was a tweet of some guy being, like, did they only interview minor leaguers for this? Like, what baseball fans actually care about this? <laughs> yeah, if I mean, if you've heard anything about... Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I can't see it, so I don't care. <laughs> Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, if you just, if you knew anything, <laughs> if you knew like 5% of what's happening with the minor leagues, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we should fix that, actually. Yeah, yeah that's it would probably be better to, you know, keep that, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> keep that, you know, or uh, no, not keep that going, but and get that. that going in the opposite direction. Yeah, um, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, but... uh but anyway, oh, I got my flashlight on my phone. Oops. Um, but anyway, lockout, I guess we're slightly progressing on that. Very uh, slightly. Because, you know, like, this is only the part where it's like they're talking, guys. Because if you remember last time, it's going to be like, hey, the league made an offer today. The players rejected it in three seconds, but they did make an offer. It's like they reject. Yeah, they. The players only took seven seconds to reject the offer today. We are making progress. Yeah, the MLB owners suggested 190 days of service time and <laughs> eight years of team control once the player reaches the league. It's like, what? We're going backwards here. Yeah. Instead of 172 and six. Yeah. It's like, don't you guys want to stay on your teams more? Yeah. This is the team that drafted and developed you, in most cases at least. The MLB owners are proposing $500 a month for minor leaguers. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, some news that we've missed since our last, I guess, news episode. Because um, our last two episodes have been like themed, I guess. You know, We had the baseball stats episode, we had the Hall of Fame episode. Uh, last time we like went over strictly news, or well, I guess Hall of Fame was news, mm-hmm. but you know, strictly just any news going on was uh, about a month ago. 
but uh, Kyle Seeger, I you know if you if you want some perspective on how long it's been since we've recorded, yeah, Kyle Seeger retired. That was like the week between Christmas and New Year's. I feel like maybe it was right after. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a you know a weird a weird uh, a weird thing. I just realized, yeah, definitely Kyle, definitely leaving some money on the table. Kyle Seeger retires after a career high in home runs and RBI. Um, I know with a, with a 100 OPS plus. <laughs> yeah, I understand that's not everything, but still uh, pretty interesting there. I guess he did. Yeah, he did hit 212. Um, yeah, Kyle Seeger retires. Um, you know, a solid career from Kyle Seeger. Career 112 OPS plus uh, on Baseball Reference. He had 36.9 wins above replacement. Um, he he just always kind of seemed like, and you know, always healthy too. I mean, just I think maybe what's most fascinating from Kyle Zeger's career is like looking at the game total uh, outside of 2019, mm-hmm. you know, from 2012 on, you got 155, 160, 159, 161, 158, 154, 155. And then 2019 is 106. And then 2020, 60, which is, you know, shortened season, uh, led the league, by the way, with 60. And 2021, 159. So, you know, always he just always seemed like he was the guy, you know, especially when the Mariners were not as good. He was like the lefty you didn't want to face in the Mariners lineup. Yeah. Um, His prime was, what, like 2014 through 16? That's what I, that's what I think of when I think of Kyle Seeger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're looking at it. Uh, like from 2014 to 2016, he had an 808 OPS, 126 OPS plus. Um. Yeah, he was pretty dangerous. Yeah, had two uh, two six win seasons in That's his impressive. career, and uh, three five win seasons. So, like for a guy who is retiring at the age of thirty three, you know, a pretty a pretty solid career from from Kyle Seager. It was. It was. It's also cool that he spent it all with one team. Uh, the thing, you know, obviously it didn't end the way he wanted it to, but, like, the last three games he played in his career were, like, you could argue they were the most important. Yeah, yeah, you very well could. Outside of, like, maybe game 162 in 2014, that's probably, that probably might be one that tops it. But, like, just given, like, they were at home, there was so much momentum going their way, like, yeah, those were probably the three biggest games of his career, and they were the last three. Which yeah. is which is a cool way to go out, even if you know they they lost two of those three. Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, because you know, I mean, I guess it also points out that this is kind of an unfortunate situation where he played with the same team for uh, eleven years and you know didn't get to the playoffs. Obviously, not mm-hmm. not his fault, but but yeah, like you know, it, I think. Uh, you know, probably probably a generally overlooked uh, player Kyle Seeger was. I'm trying to find where he was. Uh, since 2014, eighth among third basemen in F4. Um, so, you know, he was, since 2014, he was kind of a, a top 10 yeah. third baseman. Uh, you know, just kind of flew under the radar for the most part. And, I mean, just going to enjoy retirement now. And after just kind of... Two opposite directions. His brother just signed a, a ten-year yeah. deal, and he is uh, he's retiring now. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, like he probably left some money on the table. Like he definitely could have gotten a contract. You know, probably not from the Mariners because we knew back in April that they weren't going to re-sign him. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, you know what? His family's all set. Like he's already he's already made a hundred and one million dollars in his career. It's not bad. Yeah. And uh, his brother just cashed in big time. Right. So. I think I think they're all set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the, by, Kevin Kevin Mather's words. Yep. We to the he, to the Seattle Rotary Club. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how that, wild of a story was that in retrospect? Talk about getting value for, uh, jo- being in that club, like just getting exclusives. Yeah. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful value if you're a Rotary, Seattle Rotary, Rotary Club member. Yep. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Kyle Seeger, um, maybe it was a thing where like, yeah, he could have he could have signed elsewhere, but it just didn't feel right to be on another no. team. It's funny. There are some players where it's like you know that they're not like Kyle Seeger's not going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, a lot of baseball fans out of Seattle are gonna kind of forget his career over the next few years. But like, it would feel disgusting to look at him in any other uniform. 
Yeah, yeah. Like the per- like another perfect example is like Brett Gardner. Exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the another one. It's like I like I can't see him in any other uniform. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett Gardner for sure is is one of those guys. I guess someone of a bit of a like this guy. This guy would have been a Hall of Famer if not for injuries, but like Pedroia. Yeah. Also, like, but yeah, Gardner is kind of the parallel to to Seager for sure. Obviously, like I was, you know, I'm always rooting for this guy, and I wanted to see a cool comeback. But I was kind of content with the fact that like that Felix Hernandez never actually pitched for another team. Like he signed with the the Braves and the Orioles, but he never actually pitched for them. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like uh, just yeah, he he only ever yeah because if you go to his baseball reference page, it's it only, ends in 2019. It is only uh, with Seattle. I wonder if if like, he's still out there. Yeah, I wonder if anyone else has done that. Where like they signed with a team, like they played with one team their whole career, signed with another team, but didn't. <sighs> Make it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think, but I can't either. Yeah, um. exactly. Um, but yeah, Seeger. Yeah, unfortunately, his career will probably fly under the radar. But uh, you know, he's he made made his money, got some you know home runs out of it. 242 home runs in his career. Uh, 1,395 hits, and uh, you know will be maybe watching his brother play for the Rangers for, for, for a division rival. Yes. <laughs> How unfortunate is it that like the year that um that his brother goes to a division rival the, his team doesn't sign him back. Right. That would have been great PR. Yeah, it Nin- would have. 19 times a year. Oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah, unfortunate. It would have been the uh Matt Barnes facing George Springer conversation piece. But that one's way cooler. <laughs> oh the uh, Seager one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Because, like, sure. they used to face each other once every three years. It would be this big event. And maybe it wouldn't be as special because it would keep happening. But, like, it would keep happening. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. It would be, yeah. It's like if, uh, if like, uh, Eli Manning went to the Texans instead of the Giants. Like, You know what? Imagine, like, obviously he's retired, but imagine if, he, imagine if Kyle Seager just signed with the Rangers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who do they who do they got playing third this year? Because I mean they got Kiner Falefa. Yeah, like because they already got his brother playing short. Yeah, Kiner Falefa has been cold since like June. He's good. I'm pretty sure he's decent with defense though. But yeah, he had a yeah, 670 yeah. OPS. Yeah. 85 yeah. OPS. Plus. I'm sure Seager would do better. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously it's not going to happen, and he like you know platoon. he went out he went out on his own terms, which is fine. Um. That would have been cool, though. I don't know why I never considered that until now. Probably because he retired and I haven't thought about him going anywhere else. Cause right. Because not supposed to. Right, right. Um, dang, I didn't realize Kiner Falefa had two defensive wins of overplacement last year. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Well, so... He's uh, a catcher shortstop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cheers to Kyle Seeger. And then another retirement that happened... Mm-hmm. Uh, a little closer to our hearts as we've as we watched him uh win some world series you know red sox and cubs and uh you know ended up yeah three-time world series champion john lester uh you know a very good left-handed pitcher um you know he's a he's a guy i mean i guess anytime someone retires you kind of look at a hall of fame case and you're like oh john lester kind of hall of very good uh type career Although fantastic playoff performer, I was gonna say like that might be if anything pushes him over the edge, it could hypothetically be that. Right. Um, he ended his career, uh, you know, after a season splitting time with the Nationals and the Cardinals. Um, you know, I think. Uh, I think you know this definitely made this ma- this made sense for I sure. I had a I had a cool stat on John Lester. Oh right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was your last. It was your last uh, tweet before hoop hall. Yup, yup. <laughs> before we became a high school basketball a- analyst. <laughs> um, hang on. Yeah, pitchers with a 6.25 win loss percentage and a strikeout rate above 20 percent minimum 2,500 innings pitched. The list is Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, Max Serger, Justin Verlander, and John Lester. Pretty pretty good company. Not bad. Yeah, 
Yeah, very good company. Um, yeah, the guy, the guy uh, won games. He was on winning teams, and he put teams in uh, good positions to win. Yep. Uh, retires with a career 117 ERA plus, um, 3.66 ERA, 178 uh, FIP, exactly 200 career wins, which is like that's kind of hard to do in uh, in today's game. Is get 200 career wins, and he was able to do that. Um, and I think, I think what you have to talk about most with John Lester is what he did in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Uh, career postseason ERA was two five one. Um, somehow he not to mention 154 innings pitched too. Yeah, 154 innings pitched. Yeah, basically pitched a full season in the playoffs and had a two five one ERA. Um, and that you know spans across, like all, you know you know, times of his career when he was a young, when he was a rookie, he was, he was performing extremely well. And when he was kind of out of his prime, you know, after like 2016, Mm -hmm. he was performing extremely well. Like his last playoff start was when he was uh, in his age 34 season where he went six innings and allowed one run to the Rockies. Um, And uh, you know, his first, his first playoff start was when he was 23 at Five and two thirds shutout innings to the Rockies, ironically enough. Um, so yeah, like uh, he was he was someone you always trusted with the ball when it mattered most. Absolutely. Um, how about a uh, a lot of this is sort of cherry picked because of the situations he was put in, but um, a fifty nine point eight percent championship win probability added in the playoffs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Quite a bit. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. He definitely contributed, like, to uh, yeah the '07 championship. The, you know, definitely the '13 and '16 yeah. championships. I mean, just like you can't do that without John. Pitched Lester. in three World Series, uh, thirty-five and two-thirds innings pitched, four and one with a one-seven-seven ERA, a four-point-two-five strikeout-to-walk ratio, and yeah, I mean that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I want to see. I I might be able to get. I might be able to get some stats on John Lester. I don't know. I think I might might pause this for a second. Okay. I apologize. I did not I did not prepare. But um Okay, so it it feels necessary to have a John Lester like playoff game finder stat, so I found one. Um so since 2000, he is tied for the he's uh yeah, since 2000, he is tied for the most games, for the most postseason games with five plus innings and one earned run allowed, uh, with Clayton Kershaw, so he had he had eleven postseason games with five plus innings pitched and one earned run, or less allowed, and uh, a lot of those he went deep into the game as well, seven innings, eight innings, and uh, you know, put the put whatever team he was pitching for in a great position to win. He did. Uh, he pitched in one wild card game in each league. Three ALDS, three NLDS, three ALCS, three NLCS, and three World Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just like he has fingerprints all over the like the late late two thousands, twenty tens, and yeah, and twenty tens, whatever you call it, playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, man, his teams did not support him though. And, no nine and seven record and i and i went through like uh where you click the first one and the last one yeah uh the team went 12 and four teams went 12 and 14 when he pitched that's that just makes no sense <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense at all yeah and uh yeah definitely not his fault two five one era in the playoffs um yeah weird very weird but uh yeah he definitely stepped it up for the playoffs whether his team supported him or not was uh, up for debate. Um, but John Lester, great career. He'll always have a special place in our hearts um, for, you know, various reasons. Any any game in that 2013 run. Yeah. 059 uh, ERA in the 2013 World Series and two starts. Yep. Yeah. If it wasn't for David Ortiz hitting 688. <laughs> He probably would have been World Series MVP. Very true. <laughs> That's funny. That, like, 
Yeah, like, dang. He, yeah, he had a lot. He gave up one run in 15 and a third innings, and nobody considered him for World Series MVP. Yeah, he had, because I remember one of our first episodes we, we ever did, we ranked the World Series MVP performances yep, of, of the decade, because it was decade. right after the Steven Strasburg one. Yeah, of the yeah of the decade, and Lester's 2013 might be better than like it eight, could be eight like of those. Yeah, it might be better than David Freeze's. It you could argue it was definitely better than Salvador Perez. It was definitely better than Salvador Perez and Edgar Renteria <laughs> and Ben Zobrist. And, even though even with the you know Ben Zobrist definitely yeah, and Zobrist and Strasburg and. Pablo Sandoval and Steve Pierce. Probably the only ones that definitely beat it out were Ortiz and, and Mad- Madison Bumgarner. Mad Bum, yeah. Yeah. Where Mad Bum basically did what Lester did, but with, but with, with <laughs> five and two-thirds more innings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, just, yeah. And also out of the bullpen, because his team needed it, needed to bring it to his seventh game. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't have a 688 hitter. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, went, he had two wins and a save. Yeah. <laughs> And allowed one run. It's crazy, um, but yeah, John Lester, you know, all you always wanted uh, the game in his hands. Yeah, and uh, you know, always delivered from the time he was, uh, you know, twenty three in in his first ever World Series to his last playoff start when he was thirty four. Also, I guess uh, we what you could mention is you know he he was a bit of a comeback story. He had. Um, he had cancer when he was mm-hmm. very young in the league, uh, recovered from that, and uh, and came back and had a had a very very good career with the Red Sox yeah. Cubs. I think he'll like you know we talk about Hall of Fame cases. I don't necessarily think he'll get in, but I think he'll stay on the ballot at least. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like especially we'll be having with, discussions about him, especially as the ballots are going to be getting shallower. Um, yeah. As as time goes on, well, I mean, Buster Posey's going to be on the same first ballot as him. Like, he like Buster Posey should get in. True, it's a different story, and we don't have to worry about it for five years. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yep. Um, so we had those two, you know, pretty big retirements, and then uh, some big news <laughs> with uh, Ken Rosenthal. Yeah. Wow. Um, Ken Rosenthal got fired from MLB Network for... I don't even know if he did this on the network. I think in The Athletic, he published an article criticizing Rob Manfred. Like, I don't even think he did it on air. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's like, you know, people are going to say... So, yeah, yeah. Ken Rosenthal fired from MLB Network for, Mm -hmm. I guess, criticism. I didn't read the article. I'll be honest. I've been logged out of my athletic account for like a while mm-hmm. this is they're they're running a <laughs> they're running a scam they're trying to they're probably going to try to get me to pay another subscription even though i'm already subscribed i have no idea why i'm not logged in yeah it's a big uh big big issue whatever but i'm in the same boat <laughs> but anyway um so i i didn't read what he said i'm sure it was nothing uh too harsh you know well he went off he had another column recently where he just he let everything out yeah, I, I imagine, but I, I imagine he was probably like kind of towing the line in the mm-hmm. original article, and you know I can't be too surprised by it because no, because like we, I mean, in one of our interviews that we did on this show, like we learned exactly why things like this have a possibility of happening. Yeah, and yeah, Chris Rose mentioned. I don't think he mentioned it in our interview. I think he mentioned it in the, uh, um, in the little presentation that we were. Uh, we had the pleasure of like seeing the Q and A that uh, he had with uh, in Chris Cotillo's workshop, but I think he bas- he said the thing of like MLB Network. It is, you know, it, you know I enjoy the network for sure, mm-hmm. but it is you know state run television. Yeah. Um, Admittedly, I have kind of have it had it turned off. Not that they've been really showing anything, but I've had it turned off during the lockout. Oh, what you're not gonna watch David Wells's perfect game? <laughs> yeah. Wow, for the eighth time, um, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is state-run television, and I can't be surprised if you know, if one of their employees is kind of, you know, criticizing the league. It's it's I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but it's pretty predictable. Yeah, um, and you know that's just kind of what happened, and 
you know, maybe we'll be able to appreciate Ken Rosenthal a little more now that he has the, that kind of leash taken off of him. And he can kind of, especially in a time like this where his opinion and being open is probably as crucial as it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's the silver lining you can add to this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, like, he's, you know, like, I'm going to miss seeing him on MLB Network, obviously. You know, like, he would, he would show up on, like, Hot Stove during the offseason, you know, various times during the regular season, the postseason. Uh, but, like, you know, he'll still have Fox. He'll still have the athletics. So, like, he's not, you know, like, if you're a baseball fan, like, he's not going anywhere. Like, you'll still see him on your TVs. You'll see him on Twitter. Like, he'll be around, just not there. Yep, yep. Um yeah, he'll be, he will be all good. I think. Uh, yeah, I think probably now his most, where you get the best Ken Rosenthal is on the Athletic, where he's you know able to write. Especially now that he can write about Rob Manfred yeah. without any without any consequences. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what are they going to do? Remove his press pass? I don't think that's. I don't see that happening. No. Um. So yeah, but uh. But still, you know, not. Not the greatest thing to happen, but there's some silver linings you can add. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what else? Do we do we get into the Hall of Fame now? Let's or? do it. Let's do it. So this is the last show that we're going to record before the announcement. I think we're going to try to do like a live reaction like we did last year. Um, yeah. So as it stands right now, uh, I'll just go down the line here. Bobby, so 100, 187 ballots have been released. That is 47.7% of, of uh, all ballots. So let's assume we're going to be around 50% uh, f- by the time election happens because I'm sure there will be some released tonight, some tomorrow beforehand. The election is going to be on MLB Network at 6 Eastern time. Um, coverage will start before then. The, really, the announcement will probably be made around 6.30 because there's a whole thing beforehand. Yep. Uh, if you want to yep. see Tom Verducci's ballot, tune in at 6. <laughs> yeah. Because I promise you they'll do that again. Um, so just going down the line, Bobby Abreu uh, is at 10.7% of the vote. He has exactly 20 votes, which is how many you need to stay on the ballot. So Nice. Because uh, he he's netted negative two. And one of, my, one of my big takeaways that I've seen from this year is that it is such a stacked ballot that a lot of people have been getting dropped a lot to make room for others. Like Ortiz is a first year that's been getting a lot of support. A-Rod is a first year that's been getting some support. Jimmy Rollins has been getting some support. Um that's really it. There's been a couple Ryan Howard votes, some Tim Lincecum votes, Joe Nathan's, just like a handful of those. Um, I don't think any of them are staying on the ballot, but regardless, Bobby Abreu will be staying on the ballot, which is good because I think next year he can probably, in his fourth year, climb up to 10%, as sad as that sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are at 775 and 76.5%. Um, this is it for them. It's not happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, last year, the they were 20, 20% less than... Uh, or, sorry, they lost 11% from um, pre-election results to actual results. So, expect them to be around, like, 65-ish percent, probably a little lower, even. Right, right, exactly. Um, Mark Burley is at 10 votes, 5.3% of the ballot. He's netted negative three. Uh, he's in danger of falling off after two years. Yeah. Uh, kind of just uh, for him, I'd say just like a, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Like this is not a this is not a great year to be a borderline candidate. Very who's, true. Who's just trying to stay on the ballot? It is very true, and it it makes you more angry that you know, like Bonds and Clemens and Chilling are on their tenth ballot instead of getting in when they were kind of supposed to, because it creates mm-hmm. this problem. Well, it's also sad that it, this problem is created for one person maybe to go in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Todd Helton has gained 12 votes this year. That is the most of anyone. He's had uh, a, sub- a pretty substantial uh, rise in support over the last couple of years. He was at 44.9% of the of the vote last year. In his fourth year, he's going to climb over 50%. I think he's on a very good track to make it at some point. I could see him being like a 8th through 10th year ballot. He might, he might be with Larry Walker as a 10th year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Might just be a theme. Um, but he's at 57.8% of the vote now. I would expect him to land around probably like between 50 and 55 tomorrow night. Uh, speaking of people in danger of falling off the ballot, Tim Hudson and Tory Hunter. Yep. Uh, Tim Hudson has five 
votes. Yeah, well, first of all, Tim Hudson was at 5.2% of the vote last year, so he was literally fractions away from falling off, and he's netted negative three this year, which, you know, I don't mean any disrespect, but, like, I'm okay with Tim Hudson falling off the ballot, and I don't think anything was ever really going to come of his Hall of Fame case anyway. Yeah, that was that was a hard yeah, that was a hard one. I was surprised he even stayed on the ballot, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and if if Burley is falling off the ballot then Hudson is going to be falling off the ballot as yeah, well. Yeah. Um Tory Hunter is at 1.6% of the vote. He only has 3 votes. So he needs 17 more. Yeah, uh, in 50% more he's netted negative 4. He's probably going to fall off the ballot as well. I can't believe he only has 3 Votes. I remember him. He had nine point five percent of the vote last year. Yeah, I remember him getting like you know people saying like, "Oh, Tory Hunter isn't getting enough," and it was kind of making me a little uh, it was getting me a little antsy because I was like, "This is you know mm-hmm. you need to be talking this way about Andrew Jones." Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm not upset by uh, him falling either. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Speaking of which, Andrew Jones, uh, he is at he's in his fifth year already. Time is flying by. Yeah, that's that's insane to me. He's at forty nine point seven percent of the vote. Um, he he has gained ten votes from last year. He was at thirty three point nine percent last year. Come that's on. crazy. It, it is very alarming to see how little support Andrew Jones actually gets. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think in my power rankings, he's like number five for me. Yeah, because he, like, you know, when he got. When when he had his production, it he had his production. Mm-hmm. Like he had a he had a very high peak for sure. Yeah, but he, he his career was a a very steep roller coaster. I would say. Yeah, it was. like it went way up and then way down. Yeah, I think I think uh, the stat I like is like from ninety eight to two thousand six, he was like second behind Barry Bonds and Warriors. Warriors I think it was like Bonds, A Rod, Jones. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah. Um. If his 2005 season is the only in history with 50 home runs and a two plus D WAR. Yeah, and that was like he had many seasons around close to that as well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he's at 49. percent I would expect him to reach 40 percent this year, but not much more than that. Uh, Jeff Kent is in his ninth year on the ballot. He's going. He is 31 percent of the vote, and he's netted negative two. Um. Yep. Shockingly, Jeff Kent. It is very funny because Jeff Kent, like, he doesn't get a lot of support. But it almost feels like he gets too much support. True, true. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was on. He was on Verducci's ballot, right? He was on. Uh, dude, he was on Shaughnessy's ballot. Oh yeah. It was a, he for the second straight year he submitted a Kent only ballot. Ugh. His uh, <laughs> he actually did better um, in the pre in the actual results last year than in the pre-election results. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, makes sense. He had he had one, he was one point seven percent better on the private ballots than the public ballots last year. Like. He's he is one of those guys where like if you're not looking at the if you're not looking at the uh analytics then like you're probably It's just more like of a Jeff Kent guy. He's like it's irritating because it's like he's not a threat to make the Hall of Fame. But it's like why are why are we voting for him? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not like I do not have to worry about Jeff Kent going into the Hall of Fame. It's not happening, but it's still just annoying that people vote for him because it's like it's but, always there's always like a 10-person ballot. Like a ten-player ballot that just says Jeff Kent on it, and it's like Billy Wagner's not. Yeah, right, right, right. It's like, what? Are we, stop. It's frustrating. <laughs> One of them actually has a chance. Yeah, it's very, very true, very true. But uh, Daniel, did you know most second base, most <laughs> home, home runs, runs by, by a second, second baseman? baseman? No way. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're very known for their uh, power capabilities. For sure. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe he beat out Napoljois. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Who played on fields with 500-foot fences to center field. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm surprised you beat out Geringer, you know, Charlie <laughs> Geringer. You know, just a, you know, power machine over there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that is, I agree. That is pretty frustrating when there's a 10-player ballot and, like, you leave off a guy because you got Jeff Kent up there. <laughs> you know, most home runs by a second baseman. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, like, it's it doesn't, like, you know, last year – let, let's like going into last year. Omar Vizquel was a threat to make the Hall of Fame. He was at fifty percent after his third year. Like he was gonna make it, and then obviously, you know, things came out. Yeah. And now he's not making it at all. We'll get to him later. But like, the way I feel I felt about Omar Vizquel then is not how I feel about Jeff Kent because I know he's not getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like before twenty twenty one, I was like, well, he's going. Omar's gonna get in. Like, it's just a matter of when it happens. It's gonna suck. Like, it's gonna suck to lose that battle because I know I'm right. Yeah, and it's just a bunch whatever. of, like, 62-year-olds just being like, 
Why aren't they talking about Jeff Kent more? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, he's in his ninth year. We get one more year of that, thankfully. Um, and it, and honestly, yeah. like, there's probably not going to be a lot of. There was a lot of ten player ballots this year. Um, let me. I'm on the website right now. Let's see. Yeah, that's a good sign. I just want to get the exact number. Forty-four point nine percent of public ballots had ten players on it. That is a lot. Hell yeah. Um, last year that number was fifteen point three percent. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, we're probably going back to that next year. Um, true. <laughs> it sucks. Like, this was a great, like, when you look at that number, like, wow, 44% of public ballots heading into the election were 10 players. Like, that seems like it was a great year. And, like, it'll be a good year for progress, but, like, it, I don't feel like a lot of it's going anywhere. Yeah, well, considering, like, Cause all this the is... guys that are going to be, uh, you know, falling off the ballot this year, mm-hmm. and then Ortiz might get in. Yeah. It's like, yeah it's Especially because it's down. like a lot of people were adding people to drop Vizquel, a lot of people were adding people to drop Schilling. Like it's all like I don't know. Um Tim Lincecum has six votes, three point two percent. Um I don't think he's staying on. Now that I think about it. He could though. I, I wouldn't like I would be surprised if he stayed on, but I would also not. You know what I mean? Now that I think about it, my twenty twenty three mock ballot might not have ten players. Yeah. Given there's gonna be you know, four guy or four, maybe five guys off the ballot that you voted for this year. Yeah, and and I I think I there were like thirteen that I would. And there's considered. only one like first year that has a chance next year. True. And even yes. then, that's when we start the the Houston Astros yeah, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Which is gonna be so stupid, but whatever. Yeah, just um, when you were thought, just when you thought you were done with, you know, cheating cheating stuff. Yeah, it's like, hey, you got a Rod this year. And guess what we got next year. <laughs> We get the very start. This is going to go on for 30 years. Yes. It's going to go until Carlos Correa retires when he was like 24 at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got... Yeah, you got... Yeah, it's like Kyle Tucker was in the system when <laughs> when the Astros when the Astros cheated in 2017. Do you yeah. really want him in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, Tim Lincecum, Joe Nathan... Um, kind of same thing. Lincecum, I guess, hypothetically, it's not impossible for him to stay on. I don't think he does, though. Yeah. Um, had- David Ortiz. Do you have anything else to say about Tim Lincecum or Joe Nathan? Uh, Tim Lincecum had, like, you know, three or four good years, but... <laughs> and, they, and they weren't even good years. They were great years. That's the thing about Tim Lincecum is, like, when he was at the top of his game, like, he was the best pitcher in the world. Yeah, seven point... Yeah, just casually in, uh... His first qualifying season ever, 7.8 wins above replacement, <laughs> 7.4 the next year. And then, like, that's when he's 24 and 25. Yeah. He's basically, yeah, he's basically, it would be like if Logan Webb had a Cy Young year. Yeah, and then just dropped off after that and yeah. then played for the Angels. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And then, like, was going to close games for the Rangers <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Um, David Ortiz is at 84.5% of the ballot. Um, I feel pretty optimistic. Yeah, that he'll get in, because um, like, Bond, so Bonds and Clemens, uh, they the difference between their public and private ballot was eleven point six percent. If if David Ortiz was at eleven point, let's say eleven percent, he's at um seventy three, seventy three point like maybe seventy two point nine or something like that. Um, but I don't think he's gonna have that steep of a drop off. Like I think right. he's gonna be. Between like seventy five and seventy eight, right, right, right. Because I do like I don't I do think there is going to be some sort of drop off because there is the the Mitchell report allegations. True, very um, true. But I don't think it's going to be steep enough for him to not make it. I'd, I'd give it like a sixty five percent chance he gets in tomorrow. Yeah, because even um, God, who there was there was some guy who was like. He was called out for like uh, not voting for any of the other potential steroid guys, but voting for Ortiz. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of guys. oh, there's been so much of that. Well, there's been like Ortiz A Rod comparisons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, if you, if you read if you read about A Rod once, you'd be like, oh, okay. You look at it's like it's like oh, why did uh why did Alex Rodriguez not play in 2014? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's like, did he have an injury? Oh wait, no, he was suspended by Major League Baseball yeah. for steroid use. Um, uh, a Rod, by the, and that's also me speaking as someone who put A Rod on the mac on the mock ballot. But uh, A Rod, 
Uh, what did you say he was at for the year, by the way? I forgot. Uh, 40.1%. 40.1%. I haven't gotten to him yet, but That's whatever. That's not a terrible opening for him. Yeah. But I don't know if it progresses that much mm-hmm. over time. Something that I'm intrigued by, um, I'll skip Jonathan Papelbon. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Andy Pettit is at exactly 20 votes, so he is staying on, but he's also netted negative nine this year. Yeah. Um, last year he was at 13%. I think he could probably fall back below 10% this year. Yeah, like, when you're seeing those, like, you're seeing a lot of, like, 8th, ninth, 10th guys from last year's ballot. I think Andy Pettit will be a guy that, like, he's going to gain a lot of votes next year, but they're going to be people who had him before that just dropped him because they were the 10th player they added. Yeah. He was the 10th player. I think, that like, it could be a, like, it'll be, like, Andy Pettit, like, next year he's going to he's gonna net plus 20 and get all the way up to, like, 17%. Right. Like I think that's that's where we're, he's headed. Yeah. Uh you know what I see? I see I see there's going to be a big jump for Jeff Kent next year. I yeah. think he's going to get like 50%. No. Or, Dude, or maybe, no. What, what did he get? Last year he got 32.4% and he's netted negative 2, so he's probably going to be right around the same place. No, well he's neg- ne- he's netting negative 2 this year. Yeah. There's going to be some You think he nets enough to gain 19%? 18%. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's really? going to be such a push. Just a pity. T- it's going to be like Fred McGriff, even though Fred McGriff yeah. actually deserves it. Like a pity tenth year. Here we go. Yep. Yeah, I dude. Mean, Fred McGriff. Like, well, what did he? What was his net gain his last year on the ballot? Plus sixty-two. <laughs> dude, he was plus sixty-two, uh, only to get thirty-nine percent of the vote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was like a pity last year thing. Um, yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, not yeah. a, although not a big year for like big gains on the ballot. Like I think um, because I think it's all spread out and so many people are getting dropped to make room for people. But like Todd Helton only has plus twelve, which is the most net gain anyone has had all year, which is really weak for that. Like last year alone, Billy Wagner was plus forty, and he was like, and Todd Todd Helton was plus forty nine. Andrew Jones was plus forty seven. Like we really aren't seeing big gains yeah. because there's so much like i just don't see any of that happen happening no. until next year yeah like next year the, they'll be back for sure because it won't be as stacked of a ballot but it's like there's so much of a balancing act between like you know 10 players and it's like there's two there's a few good first years and it's like you got to drop some people add some people like that's yeah it is it is not a good year for gains right for right. sure um yeah, I think I think next year could play out a lot like last year, and that you see some significant yeah. jumps from guys like 100%. Roland and Helton, and maybe and hopefully Andrew Jones. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Really, yeah, really disappointing year for gains, but like, you know, it's it, not. It's sort of just because it's not uh, inexplicable. It's like, it's like sharing the wealth almost. Yeah, it it makes it just makes sense considering how much uh, in you know with Ortiz coming coming in rodriguez coming in i guess rollins coming in and uh you get to be optimistic next year because you have you know four or like at least three significant guys dropping off mm-hmm. i guess i guess sosa wasn't exactly yeah significant but yeah um i mean like just to give an example like uh billy wagner had six drops this year and i'm pretty sure they were all because like they were adding someone else so, true like those are votes he's getting back Andrew Jones lost seven votes. Those are votes he's probably getting back. Jeff Ken lost eight votes. Those are probably votes he's getting back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Jeff Jeff Ken, I, my hot take of the 2023 Hall of Fame is there's going to be people like, but guys, did you know most home runs, <laughs> most career home runs by a second baseman? And then people are going to be like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Congrats. You got 50. <laughs> you really think 50%? Um. I think he'll be around there. He might get like I don't know, forty-eight. Okay, wow. Forty-eight percent. Keep that. Keep that one in mind for next year. <laughs> um, I could be terribly wrong, but um, I'm okay with you being terribly wrong. Yeah, me too. Unless I, it's like, yeah, he actually got seventy-five percent. Watch, watch me just like try to manifest it. I put him back. I, I put him on the ballot, even though I never, <laughs> I never was. You, I mean, listen, him. hey, if you said you're not voting ten, I wouldn't mind if you vote for Jeff Kent just for that reason, as yeah. long as you're not taking your vote away from someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Definitely I remember not. last year, Bob Nightingale put Latroy Hawkins on his ballot. 
<laughs> like just because he was a nice guy. And he straight up said, I only put him because he was a nice guy. And he put he and he had like an eight player ballot. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Yeah. Like he was gonna vote for seven and he voted for eight. Cool. <laughs> nice. Like yeah. everyone was like understandably people were like, How can you vote for someone because he's a nice guy? Like that's stupid. And like it is, but you know what? Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There are worse things out there. Very true. Very true. Yeah, it's yeah. better than a blank ballot. I'm very excited to see what gimmick Peter Gammons pulls this year because um, last or two years ago he dropped Larry Walker in his tenth year and had an eight-player ballot. <laughs> and then last year he added Omar Vizquel after the allegations came out. <laughs> so I'm very excited to see what gimmick he pulls this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want. Yeah. I. I. The funniest thing wonder. ever was dropping Larry Walker in his tenth year on a less than ten-player ballot. Right, that's yeah, that is odd. <laughs> I don't even I don't even think he had a column or anything either. Uh, does he does he vote for the steroid guys? Yes. Oh. Um yes. Okay. Maybe he maybe he drops one of the steroid guys. Let me Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did votes for Clemens <laughs> but not Bonds. <laughs> yeah. Did, like, did did you guys know what these guys did in the early 2000s? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. I just thought they were great <laughs> ball players. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Gammons discovers the steroid era in 2022. I thought. Um, I thought. Find, I'm trying to Clemens, find his ballot. I thought Clemens win, winning the ERA title at 42 is just pretty natural. You know what? I think I would have voted for Roger Clemens if he had eight Cy Youngs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to put ten, but I remembered that I voted for Jeff Kent for MVP in 2000, <laughs> so it had to go to him. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, Barry, you can't be on there again. <laughs> um, Peter Gammons. Okay, yeah, two years ago, Bonds Clemens dropped Todd Helton, uh, Derek Jeter, Jeff Kent add, uh, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, and then dropped Larry Walker on a six-player ballot. Shake my head. Yeah. Very funny that he added, he put Todd Helton there in his first year and then dropped him in the second. And I don't know if he added him back the next year or not. Uh, yeah, I feel like he just... I've, yeah, he might just have like six darts, a bunch of players on a board, yeah, and just tossing darts, but not not all twenty five for sure, because he's not putting a, not putting you know, he didn't vote for a Ramos Ramirez last year or anything, but you know like twelve, thirteen quality candidates, and he just he's just throwing darts, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's. That's not even close to everyone. That's not everyone. No, we're at Manny Ramirez, dude. Oh, yeah. Manny. <laughs> Ramirez is, what, in his sixth? Yeah. Sixth year? Um, He's probably not going to make it ever. Yeah, no. He still isn't top. I don't think he's top 30%. I yet. will I will vote for him the, for the first time next year. Ooh. Yeah. I've been voting for him for a bunch of years now. Um, Yeah, he's at 37%. He's netted minus four. He, uh... Yeah, he might. Maybe he'll get to like thirty percent. I don't know. Probably not. Last year he was at twenty eight point two percent. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. A Rod is at forty percent, forty point one percent. I think A Rod's gonna have a massive drop. I think I think A Rod ends up at like twenty five percent. Um. Oh, after the. Yeah, I think the private ballots are gonna destroy him. Yeah, that's. I could see that happening. Yeah, it's gonna be funny. David Ortiz gets in and A Rod's at like twenty five percent. I honestly think there's going to be a 15% difference between actual election results and pre-election results. Right, right, right. Um, Scott Rowland is at 70.1%. Um, last year, he had a 7.6% drop-off between um, election and pre-election. So if he had that this year, he would be down at around uh, 63%. Nice. I, get, I mean, you know. Not nice that he drops, but you know. Yeah. Where, where did you say? Where did you just say he was at? My bad. Seventy seventy point one percent. That's great. Yeah, and if he doesn't have that job off, if he gets a sixty five percent this year, which would be a twelve percent gain uh, from last year, yeah, he would need to gain the same amount. Yeah, like he. Who says he considering, can't? Considering all the guys that are what was uh off what was his this year? What was Roland's pre election results last year? But yeah, like. Uh, yeah, like when you t- take into consideration how many guys are going to drop off after next year, I feel like that is a mm-hmm. likely to happen. Yeah, I think he's going to be added to a lot of ballots just because it's like, like Scott Rowland's 
going to go from being like the fourth or fifth, maybe sixth best player on the ballot to being the second best player on the ballot next year behind A-Rod. Yeah. And probably and maybe Manny as well. Yeah. But even then you could probably make a case he was better than Manny. Um Yeah, had more his had more B war in that. His pre-results was 60.5% and he ended up at 52%. So seven, okay, it was 7.6 with decimals included. Um but yeah, that is encouraging. Uh he was up he is up 10% pre-results from where he was at that time last year. Nice. So that's solid. Um, Jimmy Rollins has 21 votes. Congrats to him for staying on the ballot. Oh, J- oh, Jimmy Rollins has 21 votes. Yep. Nice. So he is, uh, he is, be- he's going to return next year. Kurt Schilling is at 61%. It's been nice knowing you, Kurt. Yep. <laughs> I'm honestly like, I'm glad it's over. Like, I'm glad we just don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like after he, I, I talked about it in the Hall of Fame episode, mm-hmm. but after he said, you know, I want to be taken off, I'm, I'm requesting to be taken yeah. off his ballot. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't really toot this guy's horn anymore. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> like he's he does he asked to be he has to be taken off. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be hard. So yeah, he's at sixty one percent. He'll probably I don't know. It doesn't matter. He was at what seventy one point one percent last year. Yep. Um. Yeah, whatever happens. Last year was probably last year probably was his best shot. Like considering, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, what you know what's so say. you know what's so funny? He had so he had seventy percent two years ago, and then in twenty twenty, I mean, you wouldn't believe what happened in twenty twenty. <laughs> like all of that, like you know, just like a lot of it opened a lot of people's eyes, and like if that never happened, Kurt Schilling probably should have gotten in last year. Um, like the world just became more vocal about not letting people like Kurt Schilling get a platform. Yeah, it's funny. Like most players were looking at, you know, wins above replacement, War Seven, Jaws. With Kurt Schilling, we're looking at his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, I mean, that's literally what it became. Like he was, he was literally going to make it. He was at seventy percent two years ago, with two years left on the ballot. It was like, well, you know, Kurt Schilling next year will be it. <laughs> and then all of that happened, and he he got to seventy one point one percent, and then he has to be taken off the ballot, and he's gonna fall off. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, it's just I I I did not I I don't think I even addressed him. <laughs> in, in number one on conspiracy theory: the the pandemic was created by the baseball writers so that Kurt Schilling <laughs> wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good. I mean. Maybe I feel like Kurt Schilling probably already tweeted about that. It was like it was created by the thirty percent who didn't vote for or him. Or he made a, or he made uh what what's it called um one of those like right wing like social media I, I know like spinoffs. The most recent one, maybe not right wing, but was Getter. God, what was the, the I don't know the one that starts with like a P or something? It has a red. I don't logo. know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, God. one of those. Yeah. Oh man, it's escaping my mind. I'm just gonna be talking about like. Uh, Billy Wagner, you're gonna be like that. That was it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> um, Gary Sheffield. Uh, interesting, up. interesting, uh, because he's at so he was at 48 percent this year. Um, he'll probably be right around where he was last year. He was at 40.6 percent after uh, last year's ele- election. He'll probably fall below 40. He's in his eighth year, so he's probably never getting in. But um. Eight gained votes and ten lost votes. Like, he actually gained a pretty decent amount. How many people gained more votes than him? Todd Helton. Than who? Uh, than Gary Sheffield. Uh, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Scott Rowland, tied with Sammy Sosa and Billy Wagner. Like, he actually, like, he netted negative two, but, like, he's gonna he's a guy who's going to have a big jump next year. Um... I think oh, next year in his ninth year he gets above fifty. Yeah, very true. Because you know, I mean, there might be some guys who are voting, you know, Bonds, Sosa, uh, Clemens, who are not going to be able to vote for them anymore, and might be like, oh, let's give you know Gary Sheffield a shot here. How can you imagine Gary Sheffield getting like a huge gain next year? And it's like, guys. All the steroid guys are gone except for him and A-Rod, and now we're voting Sheffield. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, Sammy Sosa, 24.6%. Um, yeah, <laughs> not happening. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's never been. That's never really been. That was happening. never going to happen. Yeah, um, last year he was at seventeen percent. Sammy Sosa just never moved. Like his Hall of Fame case, like it was just in the same purgatory for ten years. Yeah, it's and Sammy Sosa like weird, like crazy weird, like how his numbers yeah. like are brought to, you know, his Hall of Fame case because you know less than less than sixty at least B WAR, but still like six hundred home run club. <laughs> Uh, he debuted at in 2013 at 12.5%. It it went as below as 6.6% in 2015, and then it went back up to 17% last year, and it'll be at like 20% this year. Cause what what is it? What is he netted this year? Plus one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get some pity 10th year votes from the private ballots, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, Omar Vizquel, woo! He gone. <laughs> It ain't happening. Dude, zero gained votes, 46 drops, net of negative 46. Yeah, what percentage is he at? Uh, 11.2% after getting 49% okay, last now year. Now, what do we set the over-under <laughs> at for percent <laughs> for <the> gained <laughs> post-election? <laughs> um, I say he gets the, you know what? I'll say he gets the 20. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> The private ballots love him. He had a seven percent gain from the private ballots last year. I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to bet that's the highest in history. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say, I'll say he gets twenty one percent. You'll gain ten percent just because. Uh, and then last but not least, Billy Wagner, seventh year, forty nine point two percent. He's gained plus ten. He was at forty six point four percent last year. Um, sixteen sixteen votes gained, six lost. Uh, he he'll get those votes next year. I think uh we could probably see him get to fifty this year. Wagner, yeah. Yeah, he'll um, have three more years to yeah. get another twenty five percent. Yeah, I could see him being like a tenth year elected guy. Where mm-hmm. like where like people find the appreciation for him. Yeah. And compare him to the other closers and like. Yeah, I could see him. Yeah, I could see him being a tenth year. So that that'll be in what twenty. Uh, 2025 yeah so you know billy wagner 2025 look look forward to it (laughs) hope (laughs) so hall of fame um but yeah i mean that's uh that's good stuff there i guess you know some takeaways are you know the big gains aren't happening this year probably next year is when we're gonna see more big gains from you know the guys who deserve more recognition like the wagners the rollins the heltons the andrew joneses um, that's when, you know, next year. Oh wait, Peter Game has already put his ballot out. What the heck? Oh man, <laughs> I missed it. Live react. This is our. This is the actual live reaction. I don't even know. He probably put. What if he was like the first person and I just somehow missed it? Um. I have so much, so much anticipation in my heart right now. G. <laughs> uh, Peter Game. Okay. Uh, Bonds. Clemens out of Helton, he put he brought him back. Nice. Out of Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, David Ortiz, Scott Rowland, um, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Billy Wagner, ten player ballot. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing weird. No funny business. I uh, I don't hate it. It's just like yeah, Jeff Kent didn't drop anyone. Added two people. Oh, he dropped. Wait. Dropped Omar Vizquel. Oh. He and 45 others. Look nothing, at, yeah, nothing new. Look at Peter Gaines. Nothing weird. That's like a solid, solid ballot. It's a good ballot. I mean, Kent, but whatever. Yeah. So you can't you can't ask for perfe- yeah. from perfection. I don't think there's perfection. been a single ballot that has replicated mine perfectly because no one's voting for Bobby Abreu. That's true. Yeah. I yeah. stand by it, though. The most common ballot, because the... the Tracker just added this feature. Uh, the most common ballot, five players put down a uh, Bonds, Clemens, Helton, Jones, Ortiz, Roland, Schilling, Sheffield, Sosa, Wagner ballot. And they were Mark Craig, Evan Evan Grant, Dan Hayes, David Lennon, Alex Speter, Speer. <laughs> Alex Peters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, wait, wait, say that again. That might be mine. Bonds, Clemens, Helton. No, you had a Brayu. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bonds, Clemens, Helton, Jones, Ortiz, Roland, Schilling, Sheffield, Sosa, Wagner. 
Oh yeah, and I didn't, you didn't I, have Wagner. I didn't have Sheffield or Wagner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, did they have Schilling or no? Oh, they had Schilling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. All right. So yeah, those were, we kind of went over the takeaways there. Um, got over an hour in a lockout. So there we go. And uh, it is getting dark in this room. We did not put the lights on in anticipation. But uh, the days, the days, uh, the daylight keeps getting longer as we head it to. Does. How many? How, how long till daylight savings time in March? I forget. I always forget when it ends and when it starts. I think it's the first. Or I think it's the second Sunday of March. Is when yeah, daylight starts. savings happens. It starts. Okay, it starts in March. March thirteenth. That's like right when we're on spring break. Yeah. And then I get to complain about my sleep schedule being off for 10 days. I get to be in Florida. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Hopefully we'll be watching spring training games by hopefully. then. Hopefully. Hopefully I'll be at one. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're... Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And uh, check out our, you know, ballots in visual form, even though we already announced them on the podcast. Uh, check out those um, on the on the show podcast. Or no, on the, on the podcast Instagram. My bad. Um and uh, we hope to see you next time, whenever that may be, where we'll be talking all the happenings or lack thereof in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over. <laughs>